Hallelujah. Hallelujah. want to go over a few things tonight. And thank you, those of you that are here. Thank you for those of you that are watching this evening. And we want you to continue to be um, plugging in with us every Sunday at 11 o'clock. We're going to be going live. And then Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock, we'll be going live. And we actually have some other things that will be happening Monday through Friday. There will be every morning, about 8 in the morning, um, go to our Facebook page and there's going to be a video released that will lead you in a devotion and a, a prayer for that day. And we're going to be doing those uh, Monday through Friday. And we want you to be a part of that. Watch that. Uh, it's going to give you a prayer point for the day, something that you can follow along with. And we believe God's going to, to move through prayer. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about what's happening right now. Obviously, we're, in, we're just in a very uh, unique situation in the world right now, not just in America, but all over the world. Uh, borders for countries are shut down. Um, they are restricting travel. People are being made to stay at home. So there's a lot of different things happening, and um, it obviously is affecting us quite a bit here, even in Jonesboro. And so... Um, I was talking to my dad, I was talking to my father-in-law, and they were both talking about how in all of their lives they've never seen anything like what we're dealing with right now. And so I know there's a lot of questions, and, and maybe I can answer some of those questions for you, at least from the perspective of how I feel about it. We're dealing with this virus, it's the COVID-19 virus, and it is a novel virus. It's a, corona, it's a novel coronavirus which basically means it's new. Um, so they don't, they don't know a whole lot about it at this particular point. We don't have a vaccine for it yet. They're working on all of that. But there's a lot of unanswered questions about this. And so there's a lot of things we don't know. And they're going to have to uh, go to work on that. And they are. And I want to say thank you to all of our healthcare professionals, people that are working so hard right now around the clock. I've been in grocery stores this week. And I know they can't keep things on the shelves. And any time I've walked through there, there's been people trying to restock shelves. And, and all the ones I've come across have had smiles on their face and they've had good attitudes. And so when you see those people, you ought to stop and thank them for all that they're doing. And our, our, our workers who are, who are trying to keep things going as normal as they possibly can. But we're dealing with a new virus and there's just a lot of things we don't understand about it right now. And so... Because of that, governments are asking that people would try to comply with a few things, and that would include our own. The CDC has come out, and I, if I understand it correctly, the CDC has requested there be no gatherings of 50 or more. And then President Trump has come alongside of that, and he has requested there be no gatherings of 10 or more. They're trying to keep large groups from getting together because... In a large group, it can really uh, exacerbate the spread of this virus. And so the state of Arkansas also came, came in and they said, this is what the government's asking and we're going to tag in with that and we're going to ask that you would do those things as well. And then our local city government is asking the same. So we want to be in compliance with that. And I know there's some questions that all of that brings up and I'll try to answer those for you. I think one of the great questions that maybe people are asking is, is this an attack on the church? Is this an attack on God's church? 
And is our right to worship the Lord under attack? And to that, I would say, no, I don't believe that, that the church is under attack by government. The church is not under attack by uh, individuals right now. And unless the devil has decided that he does not only hate the church, but that he hates Hollywood, which is shut down, and that he hates uh, the NBA in Major League Baseball, in the NCAA, unless the devil has finally decided those things, which a lot of people tend to turn into gods in their life, unless he thinks that's become a problem all of a sudden, then he's, it, he's not behind this. I, I really don't feel like this is a satanic attack, but I do think that we are experiencing a part of what the Lord told us we would experience in the last days. And so... Uh, we need to be aware of that, and we need to make sure that we don't sweep this under the rug and act like it's nothing. I think it ought to drive all of us to our knees in prayer. And I'm believing that there are people watching this right now, and you're going to be watching. You need to be plugging into our services because God's getting ready to do some unprecedented things. And there's going to be people watching our service. And the Lord's already been speaking to me about some things I need to preach and, and some people I feel like you need to hear from. And um, you need to be coming back and tuning in with us because there's going to be some supernatural things happen. God's getting ready to touch people who have been away from Him. And some of you that have been away from God, you're watching right now. But in the name of Jesus, God wants to touch your life. God wants to move on you. I know you're concerned and you ought to be concerned and you're wondering what all of this means. And I am telling you right now what it means is we need to stop and get things right with God. We need to get things right with God. And so uh, the Lord told us, he said there's going to come a day and it's going to be in that last day. We're going to hear about earthquakes. And we just found out about an earthquake in, around Salt Lake City today uh, that hit. And that's not a place we typically hear of earthquakes. We have... He said there's going to be plagues and, and, and pestilence and we've got locusts in Africa that is absolutely uh, destroying crops and, and wreaking havoc over on that continent. And then we've got this coronavirus and all that's going on. And so I would say to you tonight that we need to sit up and we need to take notice. I don't think this is the devil but I do think this is a part of what God said we would experience as we came into the last days. And I don't want to be ignorant of where we are. The Bible said that we should walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, that we need to discern the times that we are in. And so we need to be paying attention to the times we are in. If we've ever prayed, we need to be praying. If we've ever fasted, we need to be fasting. And if we've ever been reaching for souls, we need to be reaching for souls right now because God wants to do a great work. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I would say to you that uh, we need to be careful that we take the right attitude to all of this too. Um, you know, this is going to affect our service schedule right now. And being that it affects our service schedule, I think it's important that I say to you, I do not think it is a lack of faith that we are adjusting how we're having church right now. This is not a lack of faith. We believe that our God is a healer. With His stripes, we are healed. We don't have any doubt about that. We are confident in that. And, and we know that he is, uh, he is far above 
any cancer. He is far above any virus. He is far above uh, principalities. None of those things have authority over the Lord our God. And He puts all of those underneath His feet. But we need to think about something. When Satan came to tempt Jesus, and uh, he, said, I, he said, why don't you turn those stones into bread? The Lord told him, he said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And I don't think it would be wise for us to tempt the Lord right now to show us how powerful he is and say, well, since we tr- serve God and we trust God, uh, if, if this virus really is as big and bad as people say it is, well, why don't you come show us how big and bad it is and we'll show you our faith in God. I'm going to tell you, wisdom says, and for us, for this local church, wisdom says that we're going to abide by the recommendations that have been laid out right now. Nobody is making us not have a physical assembly in this church. Nobody has told me we cannot come together. They have simply made recommendation, and because we want to be a good neighbor to our community, we want to comply with that. And so uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing. We have great faith in God. Matter of fact, let me tell you, my faith is, not, is I, certainly in the fact that God can heal. Uh, and, and so I don't want to downplay that. But I have my greatest faith right now is that God's getting ready to move like we've never seen God move. I really believe God's going to use this. I was in prayer yesterday, and as I was in prayer, I felt like the Lord just kind of spoke to me. And I went into prayer concerned about what this means for all of us having to change some things that we're used to. I went into prayer concerned, but I left prayer very encouraged in my spirit, believing that God was saying to me, don't you worry about all of that stuff. I'm getting ready to do a sovereign work that is going to touch many lives. Um, We need to make sure we strike a balance. I know Hebrews 10 and 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's a great verse of scripture. Uh, We use that verse a lot of times. Um, We use that verse to say we need to be in church. We use that verse to say we need to be in fellowship with other believers. Uh, These are very, very important things. But I want you to understand, I am not convinced that the only way for us to assemble is in person. I believe we're assembled right now. There's people watching this and you're assembled with us and your faith is combining with my faith. And we're believing together. And so this is an assembly of sorts. And uh, it's a different one than perhaps we've been used to. But I believe it's one God can work in and through. Matter of fact, let me just stop and say this. It wasn't that long ago I had somebody call me one morning. And they had been a backslider of of over 20 years. And they called me and and their life was in a wreck. It was very early in the morning. And they said, Brother O'Connell, they said... Uh, there's some things going on right now, and, and my life is falling apart around me. This is somebody probably in their 60s. My life's falling apart around me. I don't know what to do. We got to talking, and I told them, I said, I tell you what we're going to do right now. We're going to stop where we are, and we're going to begin to repent together. I want you to kneel down. You're by your bed. Go ahead and kneel down right now. And them on one end of the phone, me on the other end of the phone. They couldn't see me. I couldn't see them. But we began to repent together. And as we began to repent together and and that individual began to pour their heart out to God, I want you to know the Holy Ghost fell in in, in my house and in their house. And uh, 
uh, I began to feel something. I told him, I said, I want you to stand now. I want you to raise your hands. And God's about to renew you with the Holy Ghost. And they said to me, can he do that over the phone? I said, absolutely he can. I said, raise your hands. They raised their hands. We began to pray together. And I want you to know within 30 seconds, she was talking in tongues. God was renewing her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was a powerful thing. It was a powerful thing. And if he can do that over the phone, then God can work in the circumstance that we're in right now. It's assembling together in faith. Amen. But there's another scripture that we need to make sure we, we hold on to as well. And that is Titus 3 and 1. It says, put them in mind, talking about the church, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. And so there is a balance to be struck here. Um, our, our elected officials are not asking us to do anything illegal. They are not asking us to quit worshiping God. They are not telling us that we can't, that we can't call on the name of Jesus. They are not trying to take our Bibles away. They are asking us, please, if you would, just try to, just try to everybody in the, in the community, try to pull back for a few weeks so that we can get through, hopefully, the, the largest impact of this sickness. And so uh, I believe we are going to walk that line, and I've, I feel like we have found a place of balance with that. And so be in service with us, and I need to move on. I'm getting caught up, I'm getting inspired here tonight. Um, this is what we're going to be doing. Services online, Facebook, and YouTube. And those will be Sunday morning, 11, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. What we need you to do, those of you that will be watching, we need you to like that and we need you to share that. Like it and share it. We want to get the message out. We want people to be worshiping with us. And so we'll have a little music on Sunday and it's going to be great. And we've got a great team here at this church. And they're going to put something together that's fantastic. And, and it's going to be as good as it could possibly be. And I want to say thank you to all of our team, our technical team, led, headed up really by Brother Drew. Thank you so much for that. And uh, that's all right. You that will be watching, make sure you plug in. Like it and share it, all right? Everybody say like and share. If you'll do that, we'd appreciate it. The other thing is tune in live. Uh, I know you could watch it afterwards, but we want you to watch it together. We want to be in one mind and in one accord at the same time. Matter of fact, it could be, I, I felt today in prayer, that while you're watching those services, I believe God's going to move on you. And maybe while you're watching it, you're going to think of somebody who's probably watching it with you. And God's going to give you a word of encouragement for them. And you can shoot them a text and, and say, hey, just want you to know I'm believing with you right now. I'm praying with you. I'm binding and agreeing with you. And so tune in live, invite your friends uh, to, to do that with you. Maybe you'll have people over for breakfast, a late breakfast, uh, a brunch or something. Uh, maybe you'll turn it into an event. We're not talking about a Super Bowl party. We're talking about a church party. All right. So maybe you could do that. Be faithful in your giving. Please be faithful in your giving. There's going to be a lot of financial impact that happens from this. And uh, this is a very faithful church, and I appreciate you. And if you are not a member of this church, but you feel led to give, uh, you're welcome to do that as well. But for our members, we're asking that you would be faithful in your tithe and your offering. And there will be links that will come up, and we'll share a link in this 
uh, in this Facebook Live. We'll share a link with, uh, for you or give you a, a picture of something that will tell you how you can give uh, via text or something like that. And then we need to be steadfast in prayer. There's a scripture that's so powerful. We've heard it many, many times. The Bible says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. We know God is able. Amen? There's no doubt about whether or not God is able. The question is whether or not He has been enabled. He is able, but He depends on us to enable Him. That's why He said, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, uh, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. He said, I need you to enable me. I got the power to turn some things around, but we enable God through prayer. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. We enable him through prayer. And so I would encourage you to be steadfast in prayer. How long are we going to have to do this, Pastor? I don't know. I don't know. Right now, we know it'll be at least a couple of weeks. And um, we hope it won't be longer than that, but it could be. We understand. I understand. This is not ideal, and this is not a long-term solution. We are not trying to become a church that never meets in person. That would drive me crazy because I love people too much. And um, I, I want to shake your hands. I want to hug your necks and all of, the, all of that stuff that goes along with the fellowship that we need that is in-person fellowship. It's not ideal for us, but it is a short-term, uh, a short-term concession, I feel like, that is reasonable that we can make right now. And so we just ask that you would uh, keep tuning in, keep plugging in. We'll give you information as we have it. And as soon as we know how long this will be, we'll let you know that. Um, I think it would be a good idea for us to think about what church looked like in the book of Acts. I think church in the book of Acts looked a whole lot different than what maybe it looks like today. We've got our musical instruments, and we've got lights, and we've got nice seats, and all of those things. They didn't have that in the book of Acts. The best we know, and we do know they met corporately at times on Solomon's porch and different places, but we also know that the largest impact it seems that we can uh, determine from Scripture of the book of Acts is that they met house to house. And this gives us an opportunity to, to kind of take it back to the way the early church knew it. And it's going to require that that we make sure we have developed our relationships within the church. And I would just say to you, this, this should be a, a glaring wake-up call to all of us to remember that we need each other. We need each other. You need your brothers. You need your sister. You need to, you need to be checking on them. I'm going to ask everybody in this church would take on the responsibility of making sure that you check on those maybe that sit around you normally in a church service and you just touch base with them, see how they're doing. Uh, this is part of what we should do as the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so let me just share a few quick words with you on uh, some things that have been on my heart. That's kind of what we're doing, how, why we're doing it, all of that part. But now let me go to the Word of God and share with you something the Lord has laid on my heart. The Bible says in John chapter number 4, in verse number 19, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live. Ye shall live also. 
At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And he goes on to talk about uh, some very, very important things. We need to remember that in the middle of all that's going on right now, we need to keep on being faithful and obedient to what we know is right. We need to keep serving God right now. We need to keep serving God. We serve, we serve a God that has been so very faithful to us. We can look back over our lives and begin to count the numerous times that the Lord has come through for us, that the Lord has saved us, that God has brought us out of some situation. Oh, how blessed we are. And we need to make sure that we are faithful to Him in this particular time. Now, the Lord spoke uh, early in the, in the book of John, and He also said, uh, He said something to this, to this effect. He said, the hour is coming. He was talking to a woman at the well. He said, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So let me talk to you just for a moment about having church. He said, those that will worship me are going to worship me in spirit and they're going to worship me in truth. And then in Matthew number 18, uh, chapter 18, verse number 19, he said, again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I believe in those two settings of Scripture, we really find what it is that we need to have church. We don't need all of this to have church. We don't need those screens to have church. You don't need those chairs to have church. Let me tell you what we need to have church. We need people who are worshiping Him in spirit, in truth, and that have gathered in His name. And I don't care where you are. I don't care if anybody's with you or not. You just know there's somebody on the other side of that screen that is gathered with you. And we are gathering together in spirit. We're worshiping in truth. We are together in the name of Jesus. And I don't care where you are. I'm telling you, you cannot hinder the Spirit of God. There's no wall going to shut it down. There's no door going to stop it. The Spirit of the Lord is going to go wherever He wants His Spirit to go. And so if we will worship in spirit, if we'll worship in truth, if we'll gather in Jesus' name, we will have church. I've kind of been feeling like that eaglet that is in the nest and the parent begins to stir that nest. When that eagle is born, uh, initially that, that mom eagle or, or dad eagle comes and brings food and it tears it up and it makes it easy for the, the eaglet to get the nourishment that it needs. But as it gets a little older, it quits bringing the food and tearing it up. It brings the food and puts it on the other side of the nest, and it leaves it whole. And so that eaglet has to hop across the nest and begin to tear that food itself. And what's going on? It's, it's trying to get that eaglet to, to where it, it is 
learning how to fend for itself. And so I've kind of felt that way. I kind of feel like we've been in the nest. But the Lord just kind of making things a little bit difficult for us right now. And he's getting ready to start ripping the comforts out of the nest so that we will begin to fly and do exactly what it is that he wants us to do. Uh, Moses in Deuteronomy 32 and 10. This was a song that Moses wrote. Uh, Moses wrote. Not Rose's moat, but Moses wrote. This is why I hate going live. Y'all get all my mistakes. It's a song that Moses wrote. And it was the very end of his life. And this is how he ends. In verse number 10, this is what it says. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Talking about Israel. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. God was the one who took care of his people when they were in the wilderness. And it was God who got them to spread their wings so they could fly. Well, I want to tell you, it's God that's brought us this far. And it's God that's allowing this to happen right now. It's God that's allowing some things to happen so that we can spread our wings. And I believe that right now God wants His church to be mobilized like His church has not been mobilized maybe in a long time or perhaps ever. And I believe that there is an ability within God's people right now for some things to begin to happen. I still believe the scripture where He said, Greater works than these shall ye do. Not saying we're greater than Him but saying there's some things getting ready to happen through you that you, not, you didn't see me do that, and I wasn't a part of that, but I'm getting ready to operate in my people in such a way that it was never even recorded in the book of Acts. Greater works than these. And so I want to be a part of that kind of church. In times of difficulty, we need to look for the opportunities that are available to us. In the book of Acts, and I preached about it Sunday, but in the book of Acts, when the church was in great distress, that's also when they saw great demonstration. And I want to declare that we're getting ready to see great demonstration. I believe we're going to get reports of people repenting in homes, being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost in somebody's home, getting calls, Pastor, we need to baptize somebody in the name of Jesus. We're getting ready to see it happen. Hallelujah. Not because they came in here, but because we reached out and we became God's hand and feet outside of this building. Amen? Amen. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they went to Babylon, this is so powerful. When they went to Babylon and they were, they were uh, brought in with the rest of those choice young men from Israel... The Bible said that the one that was over all of them said, you're going to wear this, you're going to talk like this, and you're going to eat this. Anybody remember reading that? said, this is what you're going to do. And, from what, and they even changed their names. Changed their names. And um, if you look at that, we usually talk about what they didn't do, and that is they didn't eat of the king's meat, right? They didn't drink of his wine. And that's great, and, and so we, we need that. But I think it's important to, to recognize this, 
they did what they felt like they could do without compromising who they were. There were some things they did. They wouldn't have chosen to do those things themselves, but there were some things they adapted to is what I'm trying to say because they felt like they could do it without compromising who they were. But when they got to the place where it was going to compromise who they were, they said, we got to draw a line here. And so that's what we're trying to do. There's some things right now, we don't want to do it like this always. But, but it's not compromising who we are. It's not compromising our beliefs. But in the middle of all this, what we aren't going to do is we're not going to let go of our identity in Christ. And we're not going to forget that we are apostolics, that we have been called by the one true living God. And let me say this. Wherever you are, as we're having services going forward, you're in your house, you're in a bedroom somewhere, you're in a living room, you're in the kitchen. I don't care where you are, but when we get to worshiping God, you need to be worshiping God. Hallelujah. And when somebody's up here preaching, you need to get with them while they're preaching. Well, can't nobody hear me? Well, the Lord can hear you. And whether I'm at home or I'm at 1632 Straw Floor Road, I want God to know that I'm plugged in with what He's doing. Share your amen. Shout them. Get behind the preaching, the singing, the worship that we will do. God honored Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. He honored them for their ability to maintain who they were while they were as kind as they could be to the laws of the nation that they were in. And they followed those things to the ability, to the ability they could. And because they did that, Go read it. God gave them favor. God blessed them with understanding. God gave them health and strength. And the Bible says he gave them knowledge and skill and learning and in wisdom. That is what God did for them because they did what they could for God. And if we will just do what we can, God's going to put his hand on us and God's going to take care of us through all of these things. Amen. Amen. So, don't forget, there's always been great opportunity for God's church in the midst of great difficulty. Paul and Silas found themselves in a prison. They prayed. They sang praises. God moved, and a church was established. Was it ideal? No, it was not. Did it seem like it could happen? You would never thought so. But God moved anyway. If he could do it there, he can do it here. When John... The apostle was sentenced to hard labor on the Isle of Patmos. And he was out there and, and Rome thought they had shut him down. Rome thought they had cut him off from everything that he was connected to. Here he was at the end of his life, the only, as we know, the only surviving original apostle. And, and here's John and he gets sent to Patmos. And yet while he is on Patmos and they think they pulled him away from any influence that he had... John said, it wasn't all about the crowds for me, and it wasn't about who I got to rub shoulders with on Sunday for me. He said, it was about the Spirit of God and the Word of God for me. So what did he do? The Bible said John went ahead, and he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Didn't matter that there was no other believer there beside him. I'm telling you, you might be home all by yourself, but you don't have to have somebody right there beside you. You can get in the Spirit right now on the Lord's day, and God can move in your life. John made up his mind, I'm not going to pull back from what I'm involved in and what I've been a part of for all of these years. He said, I'm going to continue to be what I've always been. 
and he got in the spirit on the Lord's day. And when he did, the Bible says that God gave him the revelation of Jesus Christ. And God gave him the testimony of the Lord. And if that's what he could do for John, then what can God do for us right now? Hallelujah. And here's what, here's what my heart has been for the last few days. And this is the challenge that I feel like is before us right now. That is that we need to make sure that we allow God to move in us right now. And we need to make sure that we allow God to move through us right now. There are opportunities that have been placed before the church right now. There are people that are hungry that haven't been hungry for God in a long time. There are people that are stirred right now that haven't been stirred in a long time. And I know I keep coming back to it, but if you're watching and you're one of those, I want you to know it's no accident that you're watching right now. God ordained this for you. And God wants to touch you. God wants to touch you. And if you need somebody to come over to you, your house and pray with you, you need to reach out to us. You need to cry out to somebody that you're connected to. Maybe leave a message, send our, send our church a message on, on Messenger and Facebook or something. Do something and let somebody get a hold of you because I believe God will touch you in a great way and God will change your life. God will absolutely change your life. There are opportunities all around us right now. And so I'm asking you, where is your opportunity? Are you looking for it right now? Sanctuary Church, are you looking for the opportunities that God has for you right now as an individual? For what God wants to do through you right now? And what God wants to do in you right now? We've got an opportunity with our kids right now. We better not pass it by. We've got kids that are away from school right now. And we've got an opportunity to spend some time with them. We ought to be putting the things of God in them right now. We ought to be talking to them about what's most important right now. You ought to hear me. We ought to be talking to them about eternity right now. We ought to be talking to them about what is to come right now. We've got a great opportunity in front of us. So are you looking for yours? Where is God wanting to work in the midst of all of this through your life? What is God wanting to do? There's a story. There's a story that... I've always loved, and I've told it in this church a few times, but I'll share it again. It's of a painting, and it's a painting of a burned-out mountain shack. And there at that shack, there's an old man, and beside him there is what seems to be a young child, little boy, who would appear to be his grandson. And you can tell that they don't have much, the, the, the house that they are standing around that is smoldering now and, and it's just ashes around them is not much at all. And, and this boy doesn't have very much uh, as well. You, his clothes look threadbare. The grandfather's clothes look threadbare. And they're standing there and you can see the look of concern on that little boy's face. <laughs> but the grandfather's looking at him and he's got a smile on his face. And the caption of the picture says, Hush, child. God's not dead. And that's what I want to tell somebody right now. You're concerned and you're anxious and you're worried about all that's going on. But I want to tell you right now, hush child, God's not dead. You say, but you don't know where I am right now and I've been away from God and things aren't right in my life. I'm going to tell you, hush child, God's not dead. I want to tell somebody that's worried if God can even touch them where they're at right now. Hush child, God's not dead. I don't know if God can touch and change my life though. You don't know what I've been coming out of. Hush child, God's not dead. He's still 
still as powerful as He's ever been. He is still as able as He's ever been. And all He needs for you to do so that He can touch you is for you to enable Him. And all we've got to do to enable Him is cry out to Him in repentance. To cry out to Him and say, Lord, would you come touch me in a great mighty way? If you will do that, He will move for you. Let me remind you, the Scripture said that we walk by faith and not by sight. Don't get to looking around right now. Well, this store's closed. That restaurant's closed. Are they going to shut down the city? What's going to happen with all this? I don't know what's going to happen with all this. But I do know this. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We don't just go by what we see. We go by what we know. We know Job, when he lost everything, and everything had crumbled in his life, and, and Job is looking around, and he's had all these messengers run in. Your camels are gone. Your cows are gone. Your, 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 your goats are gone. And then the last one that came in, your children have all passed away. The house fell on them, Job, and they're all dead. Job lost a whole bunch of stuff in that moment. He lost his, he lost his wealth. He lost his health. And he lost his children, but he never lost what he knew. And Job knew that his Redeemer liveth. He said, he said let me tell you, I may not know what's going to happen next. I may not know how all this shakes out. I may not know who gets sick, who doesn't get sick. I may not know those things, but I know my Redeemer liveth. And I believe right now where you're sitting, and those of you that are in this room right now, I believe that we know our Redeemer liveth. And I wonder if there's anybody that would just right now begin to lift their hands and cry out to the Lord and you'd begin to seek Him. Would you join me in doing that right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, there's a lot of unanswered questions, and there's a lot of things that we're not sure of, but Lord, the one thing we are sure of is that You are alive and well, that You are sitting upon the throne, that the devil doesn't have the upper hand, that You weren't taken by surprise, that none of this has caught You off guard, we know, Lord, that you rule and you reign and that you've got a plan for our lives. And so, God, because we know that you live, because we know that you're well, because we know that you're able, we're going to keep lifting our hands. We're going to keep lifting our voice. We're going to keep glorifying your name. We're still going to shout. We're still going to praise. We're still going to dance. We're still going to glorify the God of all creation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, be faithful as we go through these next few weeks. Be faithful. We can't have a lot of people in this room, but if there's a handful of you and we're getting ready to, to do a service, if there's just a few of you that want to come be a part of it, come on be a part of it. I preach better when there's people in front of me. So come on and be a part of it. If it's just a handful, we'll, uh, that's okay. We just don't need to get too many. But I'm going to ask you to be plugged in. I'm going to ask you to keep doing what, what we've been asking you to do and let God be God. Let God be God. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you're with us again on Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning. God bless you. I love you. I'm thankful for you. And we'll talk to you soon.